We hope you enjoy this podcast. For more podcasts and our full video library, please go to bestvolleyballvideos.com. Today we're going to be talking about the 5-1 versus the 6-2. And uh, I'm going to make a case for the 6-2 offense, especially based on the fact that the rule structure for volleyball in the United States is different than it is anywhere else in the world. Uh, basically, every place else in the world, every other country, they use the international rules. They have one and six subs. So uh, one position can have somebody come in and then go out one time. You could have a total of six substitutions. Uh, that's why everywhere else you go at the Olympic level and around the world, uh, you know, you don't have these mass substitutions like you have in the United States. You have the Libra who will go in generally for the middles after the middle serve. The Libra is not allowed to serve internationally, so the Libra just plays usually back row for the middles. And, uh, you know, that's how the international game looks. So all the players are generally playing six rotations if they're not coming out for the Libro. And uh, it, it's a pretty standard game. Uh, the offenses are almost exclusively the 5-1s versus 6-2s because of uh, the substitution patterns. Uh, the Cuban women in 1992, 1996, and 2000 won three st- straight Olympic gold medals by using, by running the 6-2. Their setters were both strong attackers. So they, uh, you know, they, they hit on the front, in the front row and they set out of the back row. But generally you don't see the 6-2 uh, at all internationally uh, because of the, the rules situation. But we're, things are pretty much pretty different here in America. We have a unique set of guidelines that we play volleyball by in the United States. And, you know, I'm not going to try to pass judgment one way or the other, but an argument could be made that, you know, the rules for American volleyball are, are unique to America, but they encourage lots of opportunities to play. And a lot more kids, especially young kids, have a chance to play because coaches are afforded more substitutions. Uh, you know, in the, at the club level, you think you have 12 subs. Uh, at the college level, you have maybe 15 subs. Uh, high school level, uh, some of the college programs, I think NAI has almost unlimited subs. So what we've done with the, the American system is we've followed uh, football and basketball where we want as many players as possible to get, have, be given the opportunity to play the game. And coaches, as coaches, one of the things we do is we look at any system or any set of rules or guidelines that are given to us, and we try to take advantage of it. We want to have the best uh, we want to have the best team based on all the things that we have there for that. So uh, the 6-2 offense is, is interesting because it allows us to use these substitution patterns in a lot of different ways. And one of the things about the 6-2 is the, 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 the strength of the 6-2 is, is multiple. And if you, if you talk about how the game has changed when you move players in and out. You really only have to look at how the Libro has affected the international game. And years and years ago, there was no Libro. I mean, you just, everybody played uh, all the positions. The middles played back row, unless there was a DS that they subbed out for maybe one rotation, one one rotation through the back row. But the Libro has changed the game dramatically. I mean, the the, the level of skill and ball control, digging and passing, uh, and even setting in some some capacities that the Libro has brought to the international game is pretty amazing. I mean, the game is a lot cleaner, and it's a lot more exciting now with the great play of all the great Libros around the world. So that move uh, that was made to bring, uh, I think, gave give smaller people a chance to play volleyball, but also it gave specialists a chance to be very special at what they do, at their skills. And one of the things that you see is you see phenomenal athleticism, digging, and 
passing from the Libro position. It, it, and think about if the Libro wasn't in there, what the middles would look like if they were back there trying to pass and play defense. I mean, the game is just a lot more exciting now. And I think if you expand on that and talk about the American system, I mean, and, and you've heard me, if you've listened to other podcasts, you've heard me talk about the American game of football. And, you know, football has become so much more specialized now than it was 20, 30, 40 years ago. It's all situational. And uh, linebackers versus defensive backs, the nickelback uh, in a pass situation, things like that. Five defensive backs if teams are going to pass for sure. So it's one of the things that football has done is they've become specialized for their situations. And uh, one of the things to think about with the 6-2 offense is how does the 6-2, if you're a high school coach or a club coach, how does the 6-2 benefit your team or your program? And one of the things to think about is the benefits of the 6-2. First of all, it gives you three hitters in the front row all the time. And this, the skill of attacking is by far the most important skill that's directly related to team success. Teams that hit for high numbers uh, almost never lose. I mean, the, the, the attack is the third contact. Uh, it terminates play. It scores a direct point, uh, especially first ball kill attack. So, I mean, the statistics don't lie about the importance of attack. I mean, it's, you know, passing and defense. If, if passing and defense were the most important skills, then uh, Japan and Korea would win every, every match in volleyball. But they don't because they don't have the same power capabilities that some of the other teams have. And when you look at the 6-2 versus the 5-1, the first thing the 6-2 does, it gives you three hitters in the front row for six rotations. And in theory, I'm not going to say absolutely, but in theory, if you have three hitters in the front row for six rotations, that means you've got a hitter on the left side of the court, you've got a hitter on the right side of the court generally, and you've got a hitter in the middle of the court, you should have a better statistical chance of scoring points if you always have three hitters in the front row, and you probably have hitters coming out of the back row as well, but you always have a three-hitter offense versus a 5-1. In theory, when you have a front row setter, no matter how big or physical that front row setter is, and no matter how strong those two attackers are in the front row with the setter, you still have a disadvantage. The, the, there's still three blockers on one side of the net and only two hitters on the other side of the net. And so in theory, the 6-2 offense should be a more productive offense offensively. And one of the things that you look at is if you're interested in the 6-2 is, is what are the benefits? You know, it takes away the fact that you have to have a really good setting. I mean, you don't have to have great setting in the 6-2. You have to have somebody who can set left, middle, and right. Also, you don't have to have great slide hitting. You don't have to have great one-leg attack because you're not going to be in the 5-1 for those three rotations when the setter comes across the front row and you're trying to spread your offense out and you need that good one-leg attacker. And the good one-leg attacker, a lot of teams don't have that hitter or they might not have a setter who can set that hitter. So there's a couple of reasons to look at with a 6-2 about why why would it benefit a team because it's just easier to play. I mean, it's much, much easier. I mean, you've, you've got basically in rotation one, two, and three, uh, you know, you've got patterns on rotation three, usually the left side hitters on the right. And then in rotations four, five, and six, it just repeats itself. It's a much, much easier offense to run. It's, it's easy to teach. It's easy to train. Uh, it allows for a lot more, um, effective attacking at the pins. You've always got a right side attack. You've always got a left side attack to the pins, especially in this day and age where everybody wants to play fast to the pins. You know, you're not dependent on having, having to have great slide hitting or, you know, that great one like attack middle 
or you're not having to have that great setter who can set that slide quick to the pins because you can just put the ball up to the pin on the left, on the right, or in the middle, and your middles then can basically work in the middle of the court. They can work in zone three, zone five, maybe right behind the setter, but that allows your middles to not have to be uh, so athletic and not have to move so much. So the theory behind the 6-2 in general is is far superior to that of the 5-1. The 5-1 is, is very popular in, in volleyball for a couple of reasons. First of all, internationally, the sublimitations prevent almost everybody from running the 6-2 unless you're the Cuban women from the 90s and 2000 where both your setters were athletic enough to hit at the international level. That's really not the case uh, virtually anywhere else in the world. And, you know, you, you, I haven't seen a, a top team run a 6-2 internationally uh, ever since the Cubans. So that's one of the things. Another thing that you look at is what are the types of the 6-2s you can look at? And there's a lot of different types of 6-2s. The, the traditional 6-2, which I just mentioned, is, you know, both setters uh, hit across the front row and they set across the back row. So you got these two big physical kids who can set a ball pretty well and they can also play front row and hit the ball pretty well. Uh, that gives you six rotations of three-hitter attack. Plus, you may have one of your outside hitters coming out of the back row. So then you've always got four attackers always. Uh, which gives you an advantage over three blockers, obviously, at the net. So that's that's the basic 6-2. The other 6-2 is where you sub out both smaller setters, possibly, when they come to the front row, for bigger, more physical right-side players who come in for the setter. Maybe you've got these two big kids that can hit the ball really well. They're not great back row players, but they're big and strong, and they can score points in the front row. Uh, they would hit one rotation on the left. They would hit two rotations on the right. Uh, but they're point scorers. And again, that still gives you six rotations of big physical attacking versus a setter having to go across the front row. So uh, the second one is you know your setters are maybe smaller or they come out in favor of bigger hitters. Uh, maybe you have uh, one, you know, and then the, the other combinations are maybe you have one setter who can hit across the front row, and then you have to sub in a setter who comes in uh, for the other setter when the other setter goes to the front row, and you sub somebody else in, uh, uh, you know, when that small setter comes to the front row. Another thing you can look at, which is a possibility as well, you can sub your setters for your middles. And one of the advantages of subbing setters for middles is that the middle in training every day only has to work with one setter. One of the arguments with the 6-2 is that every hitter has to get used to working with two different setters, which, you know, that's a legitimate concern, okay? Especially if you're trying to play with tempo, you're trying to play fast. If you're trying to play high to the pins and maybe just a quick set in the middle, it's really not nearly as timing related. But if you're trying to play fast and quick, then one of the things that you say, one of the arguments that you make against the 6-2 is that, well, my middles have to be able to hit against two, hit with two different setters. And so that's one of the things that, you know, it's clearly a point against it, but also you can sub out your middles for your setters. And one of the things you could do is you could use your Libro now for maybe two big physical left side hitters or two big physical right side hitters uh, if your setters are subbing in and out for your middles. And, you know, if your setters are subbing in and out of your middles, you can still use the Libro. The Libro might just be in there for other positions. So you've got multiple kinds of uh, uh, multiple options with the 6-2. But one of the things to think about is the if you're a high school coach or a club coach, I mean, it's generally easier to find kids who can take a good swing at the ball, hit the ball hard, maybe put up a good block, than it is to find highly skilled setters or highly skilled slide middle attackers. 
And I think one of the things that we as coaches do, sometimes we get trapped by uh, maybe positions. You may have a you may have a bigger setter who says, I want to run a 5-1 because that's my goal. I want to play all the time. Uh, maybe she's not a very good hitter, so maybe that's why you're going to run the 5-1. And, and I'm not here to talk anybody out of running the 5-1, but I think what, I, what I'm trying to say is a lot of people haven't thought a lot about the dynamics or the advantages of, of the 6-2 in the American system because we have multiple substitutions. And because we have multiple substitutions, you know, we're, we basically have this gift of multiple substitutions that allows us to do things tactically with offenses that other teams around the world aren't allowed to do because they aren't allowed to have multiple subs. And one of the things that we as, as coaches should do is we should take advantage of all the rules that are given to us in all capacities. And so I think if you, if you think about the differences between the 5-1 and the 6-2, and you think about the limiting factors, and I'm, I'm, I want to talk just statistically, which I brought up a little bit earlier. If your team, and if you run a 5-1, I assume that you keep track of your points for rotation, and is, is your team hitting for the same numbers and getting the same kill efficiencies and scoring at the same rate in all six rotations, or do you have rotations that are maybe stronger than others because you have um, you're maybe in a three-hitter offense, or uh, you know, other there might be other reasons. But going back again to theoretically and specifically, you should be most effective in a three-hitter offense. It stresses the block more. Uh, it gives your setter more options to set more attackers. Uh, you can push the ball to the pins and spread the block out, uh, and then you can you, you can have a a, a middle and three zone and the five zone and the six zone, whatever, around the setter, but you don't have to go all the way to the pins. And your middles can just get up quick, uh, maybe even right in front of the setter, which we call the equate. They can get up quick, they can stress the middle blocker, and you can push the ball quick to the pins. That's what the 6-2 gives you because you're always, you're always playing with three hitters. And so I think it's one of the things that coaches need to think about more, as well as do we have that great setter who can run the slide? Do we have that great setter who's a tipping tipping threat when she's in the front row? I mean, it's much harder to find a big physical setter who can get you the same hitting efficiency and the same kill percentage when she goes across the front row, uh, especially in women's volleyball. Because statistically, in women's volleyball, no woman's team over a long period of time is ever going to hit for the same percentage out of the back row as they hit out of the front row. So when that setter comes across the front row, you're going to be limited tactically to primarily two hitters. Because if you try to use consistently use back row attack, at least in this day and age, there are no women attackers in women's volleyball uh, at the junior or the college level that are, that are going to hit the same numbers as they hit in the front row. It just doesn't happen. And the offenses aren't the same in women's volleyball as they are in men's volleyball. So uh, the concept of the 6-2 is something to think about for those reasons. And, you know, I'm not here to tell you that it's the best or it's the worst, but I'm, I'm here to tell you that because of the unique uh, structure of the system that we play in this country, and the substitutions that were afforded, the multiple substitutions that were afforded, and the higher limits that we have, the numbers tell me that if coaches spent their time building their teams uh, around the 6-2 offense, they would probably have as equal to or a higher chance of being successful or more successful than they, they do right now. Because it just tells me that 
if I want six rotations to be equal across the board, then I need the same number of hitters. I need the same number of attack options. Uh, and the good thing about having three hitters in the front row all the time is if you're, let's say you rotate your L1 or your best outside hitter to the back row, you know, when she goes to the back row, there's never a rotation when you've got your best hitter in the back row, uh, and there's a, two-hitter offense in the front row. There's always a three-hitter offense in the 6-2. So it's one of the things to think about. So, uh, you know, again, it's not that it's right or wrong, but it's one of the things that we should think about as coaches and maybe look more at the 6-2, especially in this day and age where we want to try to give more kids an opportunity to play. I mean, there are some great young setters uh, who are small. You know, if you if kids are small when they're young and they have the ability to set at a really high level – um, you know, it, they can still be great setters. They can be great defenders. They can be great servers without ever having to play front row. And those athletic kids, if they're setting, they may make the game more exciting. They may bring more to the table than the bigger setter who's maybe not quite as athletic, uh, but she plays the front row just because she's bigger. And another thing it allows, the 6-2 allows, is smaller setters you know, you don't spend all your time worrying about improving your vertical jump because you're never going to go from, you know, 5'7 to 6'2. So to tell a kid, oh, you're going to put five, six inches on your jump if you're going to play front row. What if you're just a great back row setter? What if you, you, know, you, you can work magic with the ball in the back row and you put yourself in a position where you can do great things for your team? And then after three rotations, you come out and somebody else comes in and a hitter comes in for you and another setter comes in and sets in the back row. Those those systems or those type of systems are easier to build than the great bigger setter who's going to touch 9-10, the great slide hitter, because we don't all have those athletes. But we can all find, you know, two smaller kids possibly who we can turn into good quality setters. We can all find kids who will go up and take a really good swing at the ball in the front row. And if there's three of them all the time, then we've got, you know, we've got a much better uh, chance of being successful and if we just got two of them up there. So those are things to think about. And again, you know, this this podcast is to get you thinking, uh, maybe outside of your comfort zone in some of the areas. But go back to the drawing board and take a look at your teams. Take a look at your offenses. Uh, take a look at the different options with the 6-2. Do you want two setters to hit and play six rotations? Do you want two setters to only play back row and bring in bigger, more physical kids? Uh, what about your setters going in for your middles and then using your Libros for maybe two big pin hitters who could just hit the, you know, you know what out of the ball, uh, but, you know, they can't play back row. And so the Libro can actually go in for those two hitters while your setters come in for your middles. And then basically each one of your middles has their own setter. So in practice, you hit off one setter. You don't have to hit off two setters. So a lot of the timing concerns that coaches have because of the two setter system, you know, especially with the middles and the timing and tempo, those go go by the wayside with, uh, you know, this type of system. So I think there's a lot of different options. It's something to think about. And, uh, you know, I'm going to try to some, throw some more stuff at you later. But uh, think about that. Sit down and look at the 6-2 versus the 5-1 and see what you come up with. Uh, hope everybody's well, staying safe during this time, and we'll talk to you soon.